0: Previously, on Tales of Asperan. From this crystal and a luminous gold light, so bright you can't even look at it, erupts from the tree like a flare. Can I get everyone to roll me 2d8? Your vision goes so white hot that you just pass out on the ground and you watch your allies fall down unconscious.
1: Um, I'm from quite far away. I am near the mountains near Ashmore. All right, so you've you've come a pretty long way. Yes, I have been given a task, a task that I must complete. I will travel quite far. I do not know my end
0: destination. And you kind of close your eyes and focus for a moment and you feel the the pommel of this blade kind of get warm in your hand, which is a little unnerving because it's made of wood. Um, and you look down and throughout the cracks in the bark, there's this kind of purplish light. And when you look, you see it kind of weaving through the cracks and the tiny micro fractures in this blade. And you watch as this kindling catches fire with like a teal teal flame that spreads across the roots. And you watch as the roots start to wither and recoil and move away as this flame makes its way up all of the roots of this tree and slowly start to move towards the ceiling. And it roils across the ceiling and you watch as all the vines and roots draped across the wall are cleansed of whatever this corruption was. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tales of Asperan. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast. Now, what does that mean? We sit down at our desks, pretend to be someone we're not, and record it all to share with you. Then we put in an episode every other Friday. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. And the best part of it all is that we have no idea what will happen next. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with, Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition. This just means that sometimes we roll dice to figure out what happens next in the story. Roll high? Great. Your choice goes in your favor. Low? Well, remember that time you called your high school teacher mom? Yeah, it's like that, but it could be a lot worse. I wonder what will happen this week. A great hunt in the woods? A cosmic beast? Maybe we will learn the eldritch secrets of Thurbash the Warlock. Let's roll the dice and find out, together. Tonight, our tale begins long before Thurbash encountered his heroic allies. Deep within the southern mountainous forest of the Ashmore Peaks, a small village of humans worship an entity known as the Great Tree, Lignere, known as the Great One of a Thousand Branches. Among his people, they say its roots span the entirety of the world and protect the living from the horrors of darkness. Though... Its devotion and following has dwindled greatly, reduced to a mere 31 humans living in peace in the forest. On this summer morning, Thurbash has left home with his brother in service to his people. Together, they have strayed a little too far from the path. Okay, so first things first, um, I have some Thurbash questions the point of these sessions is kind of flesh out. um Yeah. But like Backstory. Backstory. The and a bit more. Yeah, mostly where the character comes from and what their current motivation is. Okay. Or like what, you know, like the foundation of this type of person that we've been, you know, following along for seven hours worth of <laughs> podcast yeah. show.
1: So, I mean, like, so Thurvash is ded- very dedicated to his family, but he's only dedicated insofar as he wants to make sure that the rest of the colony survives. That, that's where he draws the line. He doesn't really necessarily want to be stuck around 100%, um, you know, especially now that he's given been given a quote-unquote taste of freedom. He's exploring the world for the first time. Thurbash is the first person who's been like, I don't mind wandering a little bit farther.
0: What was his family like? Not necessarily like organization, but like you know, mom, dad, siblings. Direct,
1: yeah, direct family
0: members. Yeah, like what? What was it like?
1: Um, so Thurbash is from a family of three, uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah, there's four. There's four children, and there's the parent and father.
0: Um. So, father and mother, what do you imagine? Like, what type of person do you imagine them like?
1: So yeah. Um, Father Thurbesh. He's actually referred to as Father Thurbesh. Uh, he's fellowair Thurbesh the second. Um, he is uh, i I imagined him as being stern, not necessarily like strict, like following the rules one hundred percent, but he has a clear uh, kind of line in terms of this is when this is when I have to be like, hard-headed and stern and follow the rules appropriately. And then the other side of the line is, this is where I can relax ever so slightly. But he's always kind of on edge. He's never actually like dropped his guard 100%. Like I imagine him as being somewhat co- close to uh, Ron Swanson. Comparative to like the other families in the, uh, the Thousand Branches, the Thurbashes are known for being kind of... Not necessarily level-headed, but the most kind of defensive amongst all the other families.
0: okay. um siblings
1: so uh, Thurbash is, uh, you know he is the uh, the youngest of not the the actual youngest, but he is the youngest comparative to the rest of his his brothers. Yeah, so he, we have eldest Thurbash, which is Felomir the third. Um, We have the middle child, which is the only child who doesn't carry the name uh, Thelamir, whose name is Brack instead. And then we have the youngest, whose name is Jean, who's actually the daughter, the only daughter of the family. Um, So Elvis Thurbash kind of follows in his father's footsteps, being stern, being kind of like a we need to follow the rules. We need to do this, that and the other thing. They're very he's a very. I would say like goal oriented character, but he likes to stay close to home. He doesn't like to explore. He likes the comfort of the family around him. So he's all about supporting the family and goals to support the family, Um, which is why he wasn't one of the reasons why he wasn't selected to go on this kind of journey outside of the group.
0: So the the one interesting part about like the people there is you're kind of highlighting the idea that the families have slowly dwindled, like the, the encampment where he lives used to be a lot bigger and the numbers have dwindled.
1: You know, there's only 31 people. Part of that 31 is like the elder generation and they're kind of getting old for their age. So they grow up in an environment that's like you need to do things to help the other people survive around you. And if you don't do those things, bad things will happen. So it's a very kind of like there's consequences to every single action that you do.
0: You kind of led me into this really nicely because you said his middle brother wants to hunt. And I kind of imagine Thurbash going on a hunt. The morning sun of this hot summer day is sweltering. A young man, human, rests his arm against a tree, surveying the woods ahead of him, searching for any signs of tonight's meal. On his back, a slender curved bow rests, a string taut and fresh ready for the hunt. After following these deer tracks all morning, the outcome is starting to look bleak. Brack's father asked him to teach his younger brother, Felimir Thurbash III, to hunt, but the forest is unusually quiet today. Behind him, the snap of a branch suddenly breaks the silence of the wood, and he spins around quickly to see his brother standing behind him in a daze. This hunt is going to be a little harder than he thought. To recap... Um, the last thing that happened was you and your fellow adventuring party had climbed out of this kind of winding um, earthen burrow beneath this tree. And this was right after Thurbash had lit a flame with this crazy, surreal, like tealish flame that had run its way all the way across the tree and burned away the corruption that was there. And then shattered this crystal. It looked to be housed and grown over in the root, um, in the bark of this tree. From that crystal, this golden light exploded out and lit up the whole clearing you were in like a flare. And immediately, everyone's wounds were healed by this golden light. And then you all fell unconscious. Thurbash, you're in darkness for a bit. Um, your memory's fuzzy and hazy. And you awaken pretty abruptly to the sound of your brother, Brack. He's sitting right next to you. Um, you're in the woodland surrounding your village where you grew up, and he taps you on the shoulder and goes, "Thurbash, p- pay attention. Come on, stop, stop dozing off. I know it's early, but come on." And when your eyes open and you look around, you see on the ground at your feet is a bow and a quiver of arrows, and your brother is perched up against a tree looking downhill in the tree line in a section of the forest. You're fairly familiar with, it's only a few miles outside of your village. Mm-hmm. What do you do?
1: Uh, I'm gonna rub my eyes and grab the quiver and just kind of start blindly following him. Um, you know, trying to keep one eye open while like rubbing the other eye and then like switching to the other eye, trying to wake myself up.
0: Um, As you're doing this, Brack steps forward through the bushes ahead of you, and you see him kneel down and examine a footprint in the dirt. And he looks behind you, and he goes, two two deer. Um, It looks like they went downhill, and you see him, he licks his finger and puts it up in the air. Looks like we're upwind from them. We should be able to sneak up on them. Come on.
1: All right, and I'm going to just keep following him. Um, I'm going to have the bow in my right hand and have like an arrow knocked and I'm holding it like with my index finger on the bow so that it's, it's already knocked. I just got to pull it back.
0: Okay. Um, you see him quietly start to move forward downhill. Um, can you roll me a stealth check?
1: Yeah, I can. Oh boy. First check of the night. It's going to be bad. <laughs> That's a seven.
0: Okay. So the two of you start to make your way down this hill and you get maybe about 100, 120 feet down this incline and you see the ground start to level out. And in that moment, your brother kind of quietly steps up towards a tree and he moves his hand towards your direction to put it up like he's telling you to stop. And in that moment, your foot lands on a stone that was not as secure as you expected. And when you put your foot on it, it Tumbles out from underneath you and you slide down onto your butt, which isn't that loud, but the rock is as it slowly tumbles down the hill and gains speed and just ahead of you. Can you roll me a perception check?
1: Yeah, that is a four.
0: OK, um, you don't see anything, um, but your brother, he goes curses and you hear the bushes me good distance away rustling, and off to the left on a path, you see two deer leap across the path and go further into the wilds. And your brother looks at you and g- kind of gives you a bit of a glare. Why does Father always make me bring you along? I'm sorry. Come on.
1: I'll stand up and I'll follow him.
0: Um, and he says, watch out for rocks. I know you don't go yes. hunting much. I'm here to teach you. And you see him <sighs> sorry for getting frustrated. And then the two of you make your way through the woods further um, pursuing these two deer. Um, How often does Thurbash usually go out hunting with his brother, Would you think?
1: By this point, um, well, I would assume that Thurbash is probably like 12, 13, something like that. Um, Real early teens or like just before his teens. So he probably wouldn't have gone in the woods that much to hunt. Uh, In reality, Thurbash would probably he didn't take to hunting as much as you know Breck did, um, and he didn't take to the the house life or like the kind of structured "I am the you know I control the space that I'm in" life as his elder brother. So he would have been probably he would have spent time in the woods in like the nearby woods, like collecting berries or sticks or something like that, but like he wouldn't have gone hunting that often.
0: Okay. So this is still something that's kind of unfamiliar to him.
1: It's yeah, it's fresh for him. He might have gone once or twice uh before like following his his either his father or following Brack um but he probably just the bare bare minimum like not even well equipped enough to be like oh I can tell what's going on and he probably doesn't have a lot of knowledge of tracks
0: okay. right now. Um so you're at this point. Thurbash is mostly just following his brother Brack through the through the woods. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's you. You and your brother had got them very, very early in the morning to go on this hunt. And at this point, it's approaching late morning. Um, you guys have been out for a long while, and your brother stops and he goes, "I think, I think we've lost them for now. Um, let's sit down here." Um, I brought some food. Um, we can take a break, take a breather. Um, and he looks at me and he says, you, you look kind of tired here. And he opens up his bag and he pulls out, um, like a water skin and some rations, which for you guys at this point would be, you know, some dried fruit, um, and some bread that your mother usually would make every morning. Um, and he just kind of sits down on a rock, um, right by a, nearby tree i'm gonna
1: take the water skin and uncork it and like kind of a little bit a little bit kind of like not realizing how difficult it would be to procure clean water i kind of like guzzle it a little bit too fast um of course i I leave some for for my older brother but you know I, i take a hefty drink from it and i begin to kind of pick at the uh the rations
0: um he takes it back from you and takes the 70s are you all right? You you seem I'm off today. Un, unfocused.
1: I'm just tired. I'm just tired. It was a long night. Couldn't sleep? Yeah. The something. I am not sure the the force around me. I I heard mother complaining and maybe maybe that's that's what caused it.
0: Okay. Well, if if you do need anything, let me know.
1: Thank you, Burke.
0: Um and it kind of as usual with your older brother. A few more minutes pass in silence of you two just refreshing yourselves, snacking, and he gets up again and he goes, "I think the trail picked up this way. Um, and he starts to make his way towards the tree line. Um, getting further and further away from your settlement, village. Mm-hmm. How's Thurbash feel about that?
1: He's a little uneasy, um, especially at the further he goes, the more un- uneasy he would probably be. He's been in the forest before, but not far enough to consider it a major distance. Like he was in either like the brush right before you like would enter the actual deep forest. Um, He'd be unfamiliar with the settings. So he would definitely not be exactly the happiest, but not unhappy. Like he's just feeling kind of concerned about how far they actually go. Okay. He certainly wouldn't have, like, the bravado or the, um, the confidence that his elder brother who, like, goes off ahead of him would have.
0: So while you're moving forward, you see him stop for a minute and kneel down again in the brush. And he actually pushes some dead leaves to the side and he finds more tracks. because these are still going this way. Um, and he looks back towards you and he goes, how, how much have you practiced with your bow?
1: I practiced a fair amount um, last time father yelled at me, so I, I spent a couple of days working on on my bowmanship. I'm nowhere near as good as you.
0: Well, we we can change that. And he points up. You can see the, the ground. You kind of made your way into this valley like a lull. Um, it's very shady. The trees, the canopy is very thick. And he points over to this section of the forest where you can see there's a little bit of elevation um it looks like maybe a natural stone outcropping you can probably climb up or your brother could um and he says i think what we're gonna do do you think you can climb up there and he points up to the outcropping i can try okay i'm i'm a little quieter than you so i'm gonna go into the tree line and kind of spook them up in this direction now you just sit very quiet and keep your bow ready, so you can take the shot, not me. How does that sound?
1: Okay, I'll I'll follow your direction.
0: Okay, um, here I'll give you a boost. And he quietly makes his way over to this outcropping. Um, what do you do?
1: I'm gonna try and uh, climb up the outcropping. Uh, I'm gonna put the bow on my back, and so I'm, I'm gonna take the arrow that I've like kind of been either holding in my offhand or like kind of have it in a, like the quiver. Uh, I'm going to put everything away so that I have both my hands free and try to climb up to the top.
0: Okay, Um, roll me an athletics check.
1: Okay, that is a 16.
0: Okay, Um, with your brother's help, you kind of reach up on this stone outcropping and grab, grab a hold of some of the natural rock that's here and put your feet in his cupped hands and he lifts you up and after a good 30 seconds or so, you've kind of made it the 15 feet up to the top of this rock outcropping. And from up here, it's a spectacular view. You can see um, ahead of you are dozens and dozens and dozens of tall oak trees. And you can see pretty far into this little valley in the woods where you and your brother have come to hunt. Although the canopy is thick, you can see shafts of sunlight kind of breaking through the foliage above and just illuminating patches and small clearings in this forest. And can you roll me a perception check?
1: yeah I can to do to do to do, 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 do That is a nine.
0: okay. Um, well thankfully this is easy to see um, because a couple hundred feet away in a pretty clear like opening in the forest, you can see a shaft of sunlight breaking through and two deer, a buck and a doe just kind of standing in one of the clearings. they're just looking around it doesn't even seem like they're aware that you can see them. And from here, you watch as your brother slowly makes his way to the far left. And he does so very quietly. Um, after he gets about 30 feet away from you, you pretty much lose sight of him. Um, so at this point, you're just you know waiting for the deer to respond. Mm-hmm. And five minutes pass, ten, and the deer don't respond. They're still in the same comfortable clearing. And then... You hear a large branch snap and echo through the wood from the same direction the deer are, and they suddenly start sprinting in your direction. 200 feet, 180, 150. They're getting closer and they're getting closer very fast. What do you do? I'm going to
1: quickly grab the bow from my back and try and like fumble with an arrow and try and get everything together, um, as fast as I can and draw. Um, and then wait till they're about maybe 50 feet away from me before I lose.
0: An arrow okay so roll me an attack roll all right you can hear the brush shaking and snapping around them natural
1: 20 there do, we do, go do, do, do.
0: <laughs> so right as they get within range um your hands are shaking the arrow is actually moving up and down in the knock of the quiver and while you're steadying this bow you just you feel a breeze kind of come through the the forest around you, and you can suddenly you're aware of all the the leaves moving and rustling, and you can hear the trees groaning in the wind. And in that moment, all of your anxiousness, all of your fear, just vanishes. You're comfortable. You know, Thurbash loves the forest, and you let loose an arrow that flies perfectly true. Um, it weaves between two trees, and you see it tear through a section of bushes. And you hear the this deer cry out as it stumbles down to the ground. And you watch as the other one veers off to the left and go, runs deeper into the wood. And pretty quickly from the tree line, you see your brother emerge. And you see him walk over to this deer. And he starts to wave you over. What do you do? Uh,
1: so I'm going to walk towards the kind of like the edge of the outcropping and take a look down. And kind of just like gathering how far of a a, a leap it would be um and i, I the rest is going to try and climb down as best as he can
0: okay just give it. me a athletics check all right
1: another natural 20 oh my god
0: um maybe it's the confidence maybe it's this like strange serenity that has come over you but you deftly climb down this outcropping and you make your way over to your brother pretty quickly and you see him leaning over this deer the deer's breathing very heavily and you you definitely hit it right in the side perfect shot and your brother is holding um a knife that you very clearly recognize it's your father's um Mm -hmm. you've seen brack take it with him every time he goes on a hunt and he's mumbling prayers to himself and he waves you over very quickly and then flips the knife over in his hand so he's holding the blade and he points it towards you your shot
1: uh oh okay I'll reach out and I'll take the knife. um, And I'll take the knife in both hands and kind of say the prayer that he was saying at the same time. Uh, Say it kind of as clearly as I possibly can, but I'm obviously stumbling over my words because this is fairly new to Thurbash. He didn't even think he was going to hit that shot. I'm going to kneel down and kind of push it into the neck of the deer and drag across.
0: Roll me a... You know, I'm not even going to make you roll for this just because of the um, the calm that came over you. Mm-hmm. Um, and with this prayer, as you lower the knife towards it, you feel the knife in your hand become a little bit warm. Something that, I guess, this is your first time doing this, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, something that's very unfamiliar to you, but you can feel the the delicately carved wood handle of this blade feel warm in your hands, and you see along the the lines and cracks of this old worn knife, you can see a faint teal light glow as you say the words, the prayer, and you finish off this animal in the most respectful way possible, the way that you were taught by your brother and your family and all the other priests that teach everyone how to live and how to respect the wilds. Mm -hmm. And when you do this, the wind at your back dies down and the forest suddenly grows quiet. Um, and your brother Brax, that that was an amazing shot. How how far away was it? I don't know. Um, and he's like looking where the deer is up towards the thing, and he goes, "Did you thread it through that tree?"
1: I don't. I don't know. I, I just. I just shot. I'm sorry.
0: No, don't don't. You apologize too much. Okay, look, help me. Um, we're we're gonna take this here, and get it to uh, you know, a little more open place and finish, finish everything up and prep it to take it home. Okay. Okay. Are you, are you okay? Yeah. I know. Okay. That was, that was a lot. Um, and your brother starts to grab the deer. He grabs the back legs and looks to you to help him.
1: Yeah, I'm going to try and pick up the uh, kind of the front legs and kind of like carry, I'll, like, it's a little awkward for, you know, it's a full size deer for like a 12 year old kid. Mm-hmm. So. It's a little awkward how he has to carry it, but he kind of like bear hugs the front legs and like lifts it up like that.
0: <laughs> um, and at this point, you can kind of tell as you're helping your brother is definitely carrying a brack of the weight. He's, you get the sense that maybe he's trying to get you involved. So, you know, Thurbash feels like he owns this moment, mm. and the two of you start to make your way through the forest back towards your um home. Can you roll me a, another perception check?
1: Yes, I can. That is a five.
0: Okay. Um, While you and your brother are carrying your catch home, um, Thurbash doesn't seem to notice, but your brother suddenly stops. And he carefully turns his head and looks around the forest and he goes, you hear the sound of the bushes rustling. And you hear branches snapping. And then suddenly you hear a terrible roar off to your right, very close in the forest. And your brother goes, bear, drop it. Uh, (laughs) Just both arms. Yeah. Both of you drop the deer and he just grabs onto your wrist and starts to run into the forest. Can you roll me an athletics check? Unless you don't follow. Sure. No, I'll follow. (laughs) Okay. I'll
1: try to follow. Athletics. Whoa, okay. That was a dead roll, but it was an eight.
0: So the two of you burst through the tree line, and you can hear the, the wood and the branches behind you snapping and, and like falling apart as you can hear this bear growling through the woods. You haven't seen it yet, but you can hear it. It makes your chest shake because the roar is so violent. And you both just take off into the forest. And after a few minutes, you lose your footing and kind of trip and stumble. This happens as you and your brother are, you've kind of made your way to another pathway through the wood, one that you were a little familiar with. You haven't been this far away from your home in a long while, Mm -hmm. but off to your left, this pathway runs along, um, I I don't want to say ravine, that's not the right word, um, but a a good drop down into another section of the forest below. And behind you, you can still hear the ground thudding and you can hear the branches breaking as this creature follows. And as you and your brother round the corner, you lose your footing on a rock right at the edge of this incline and you stumble and start to roll down this incline through the bushes as you tumble right out of your brother's grasp. What do you do? Uh,
1: I'm going to be trying to frantically grab onto anything that I can grabbing for rocks, um, sticks that I think are roots grabbing for roots that might just like snap under my weight, just trying to grab and hold on before I fall off this like little ledge or, or whatever you want to call it.
0: Okay. Roll me an athletics check.
1: All right. Big money. No whammies. That's a big money.
0: That's a 19. Nice. Okay. So you go tumbling over this edge and you kind of tumble and roll for about 10, 15 feet. It's not a sharp drop. It's just a very sharp incline and in the chaos and confusion of your rolling and tumbling you manage to grab a hold of a root sticking out of the the soft earth beneath you and you come to a sudden halt as you feel all the muscles in your shoulder get strained just from the force of your sudden stop dislocate my shoulder (laughs) um not necessarily but it really hurts and up top you hear your brother go are you all right i'm coming down and he pushes the bushes aside and starts to climb his way down towards you. And then you see him start to, he carefully puts his feet on loose stone and roots as he starts to climb down this incline towards you. And you hear the tree line break. As you you feel the earth right around where your hand is, you can see dirt start to flake off and tumble down the incline behind you. As you presume the bear has made it to where you and your brother just were. And your brother carefully climbs down and then stops as you see the bushes above you part. And the police arrive. (laughs) Oh shit. Oh shit. Hide the weed. (laughs) Um, But you see the bushes part as you see the head of a massive black bear. Part its head through the um, brush, and there's something strange about this bear. First, its fur—it looks like it casts no shadow. Like you, you can clearly tell from where you're at, looking up in this stunned silence, it is a bear, but almost like a silhouette of what a bear should be. And this creature—you hear it. And it turns its head down towards you and your brother. And in that moment, I think for the first time in a long time, you see your brother's confidence waver as he quickly tries to drop down closer to you and he loses his grip and tumbles down past you, down this incline. And can you roll me an athletics check?
1: Yeah, I can. Ooh, that is an 18.
0: Um. As your brother tumbles past you, you reach out and grab him. And the two of you are kind of dangling on this harsh, harsh incline. And um, you see the bear, this massive, strange bear, look down towards you, start to snarl and slowly climb its way down. What do you do? I'm going to
1: look up at the bear, look down at my brother and have like a split second of like true panic And then I'm going to let go of the root and push with my feet so that we go tumbling down.
0: Okay. Um, I think we can resolve this with an acrobatics check. Okay. That is a six. Oh, okay. You just made a very good decision. Not a very good decision, but a very strong narrative decision right now. So you dig your feet in to the soft earth of this steep incline and push off and let go. And you feel all the muscles in your shoulder that was now holding the weight of both of you. Suddenly relax, the pain starts to subside a little. And then it's replaced with a different pain (laughs) as you and your brother together tumble down this steep incline. And during this fall, that is the last thing you remember. Hey there, listeners. So the birds around my apartment today are super loud and noisy, so please excuse any you may or may not hear in the background of these recordings. Um, let's just say that I'm recording this in a forest, underneath a small log, and you know there's some deer watching. Anyway, speaking of birds, we've finally learned how to tweet better. So if you've enjoyed the show, check us out on Twitter at Tales of Aspiron. Um, We've been recently posting show updates and just general tabletop stuff. We started doing this thing called Follow Friday, where every Friday we use the Follow Friday hashtag to call out a bunch of other really great D&D podcast creators that could use your support. Everyone that I've tagged, I have personally listened to and I can guarantee you they're all fun and great and unique in their own way. So if you want to learn something new or find a cool show, check it out. You can find us in a bunch of other places too, which we've laid out for you on our website, www.toapodcast.com. There you can find all the cool stuff we're working on and all of our community pages, and you know where to watch the show. Finally, thanks and shout outs. As usual for this episode, we've used the awesome power of Sword Coast Soundscapes ambient mixes. You can find them on Bandcamp and YouTube. I'd also like to give a shout out to Top of the Round Podcast. If you like mysterious antics and phenomenal ambience, check them out. Their producer and rogue, Nikki, introduced us to a ton of wonderful shows and kind of helped us feel out this whole Twitter follow Friday thing, which has been a phenomenal boost to the show's potential. Thank you so much. And I think now it's about time for me to get out of your hair. As usual, we release episodes every other Friday. So I'll be seeing you again on July 19th. Enjoy the show. As sometime later your eyes open your head is sore it's spinning your chest hurts your throat is raw and you can feel all the cuts and scrapes on your arms and your back are flaring with pain and looking up above you you can see that you both have tumbled to the bottom of this steep steep incline but the forest looks very different than it did from up top Looking around you, all of the, the greenery and the bushes and the trees, and which would normally be these varying tones of green and brown and woody, you know earthen tones, have been replaced with something much stranger. All of the trees, their bark is a wine red, and their leaves are a vibrant teal, and the soil at your feet that you can your face is right up against it it's a mixture of brown and this deep deep purple and you can see the grass around you is similarly toned to the the trees it's like a vibrant wine like red color and it suddenly dawns on you how much has Thurbash heard of the sylvan wood he's heard
1: and not a lot he doesn't know how to fully because he what he does know is every single time he talks about going deeper into the wood people are like there's a line that you can't cross there's like a part where you can't go and if you end up there you'll know you shouldn't be there (laughs) so it's just vague enough that it's like okay wherever you are you shouldn't be there but it's also very very specific because the people who have been in the sylvan wood know exactly like It is strange enough that you will know you're not supposed to be there.
0: I love the idea that the Feywild doesn't have boundaries that make sense, or like the Sylvan Wood, because it's kind of, at least in my world, I imagine it as an extension of the Feywild, like a place where the Feywild overlaps with the real world. Yeah. But its boundaries make no sense whatsoever. So you could, like, there's a region of the map that people are like, this is the Sylvan Wood, I think. (laughs) Yeah. You quite literally stumbled right across that line as you tumbled down this incline into the forest below. And looking around, first you see your brother on the ground, not moving, totally inert, just lying there on the ground. What do you do?
1: I'm going to get up, rub my head, and uh, kind of quickly scamper on over and, uh, you know, get over to
0: him and like kind of shake his shoulders to try and wake him up. Brack! Brack, wake up! There's no response as you're shaking him.
1: I'm gonna, like,
0: put my head to
1: his chest to see if I can hear a pulse.
0: Okay. Um, you do that. I'm not even gonna make you roll for it, because that is a very good description of it. And you kind of roll him over, and you can see that he has a, a pretty hefty bump on his head where he might have hit a rock. And you put your ear down to his chest, and you can feel a steady heartbeat bump. Boom, boom and you can feel his chest rising and settling he's alive and he's breathing thankfully sigh of relief <laughs> and as you sigh out you hear a large branch snap and you turn and first thing you notice is beyond the tree line some of these are trees with bark others you notice now are tall tall vibrant mushrooms and from the tree line you see this bear emerge and it's three four times the size of a regular bear its fur is a black silhouette of what a bear should look like and you can see that as it stands on its hind legs and roars towards you you can see that its claws are a blackened crystal and as it gets closer it's maybe 20 feet away from you by now you can see that its fur its hide is hell i don't even know if thurbash would have seen anything like this before it looking in it it looks like it's filled with thousands and thousands of motes of light
1: no he wouldn't have seen but by, by this by this age he wouldn't have seen anything like that before
0: for th- for us the audience it can only be described as a starscape this creature is a silhouette of a bear filled with light, tiny, tiny motes of light, and its eyes are a glowing golden yellow. And it slams down on the ground with its two front legs and starts to make its way towards you. What does Thurbash do?
1: Thurbash is gonna like panic, stand up from his brother. He's gonna try and reach for the bow that should be there on his shoulder, um, and if he can't find that he's gonna try and look uh, on his brother's like belt to see if he can find the knife.
0: Okay, um, you reach back for your bow and it somehow it's still on your back and not broken. Maybe it's a stroke of luck. Um, do you ready an arrow? Yeah, we're ready an arrow. In this quick moment as this, this monster is lumbering towards you, you can see it's black crystalline claws digging tracks in the soil as it runs towards you and you draw an arrow. Can I get an attack roll?
1: Yeah, you can. All right, big money,
0: no whammies. That's an eight. <laughs> okay, you let loose this arrow and it lodges right in the face of this creature, like right into its, where its cheek would be. And as it pierces through its flesh, you see this golden light start to seep out for a moment almost like you cracked the container of something containing a light. As this arrow looses in and this creature comes towards you, you feel a breeze at your back as something rushes past you. And you watch in speed that is inhuman, something you've never seen before. A humanoid figure steps between you and the bear, and in its hands is a long, thin, black blade made of gnarled, darkened wood it quickly takes this sword and stabs it into the chest of the creature and from the blade you see this vibrant teal light start to glow as a flame is produced from it and in your fear in your haze you notice that you're from the tree line around you three four more figures appear and their flesh is woody and all over their body you can see these teal leaves sprouting And their hair looks like it's made of vines. Can you roll me an Arcana check, I think?
1: Okay, Uh, 13.
0: Being that Thurbash is curious, there's a good chance he heard this story from someone or maybe read it somewhere in a book that was forgotten by the rest of his village because they're so secretive and so kind of closed in. Mm -hmm. But these are dryads made and born of the wood among the texts of your village. They might even be considered angels considering they worship this great tree in the forest. You watch as quickly these creatures slash and hack and disassemble this massive starlit bear, um, as it falls down in the ground dead, presumably. And you can see all over, there's cracks all over its body that are seeping this golden light and thundering from around you in the forest you hear a voice and the dryads all move in unison as it seems they hear this voice as well and it just says purify the darkness of this world and together all three of them their blades alight with this tealish flame and in the same manner that you did with the deer they all mumble a silent prayer You faintly hear the same words that you said as they all run their blades into this creature and you see that its crystalline claws shatter. And at its core, there's a blackened crystal. As you see all this starlight, this silhouette just get pulled into the crystal as it falls down onto the ground. You hear the voice once again say, Destroy the artifact. And a dryad reaches down and picks up the crystal and shatters it in their hand. And you watch a golden light burst from this crystal and your vision goes black. And Thurbash awakens in the clearing with the dragon and all of his allies unconscious around him. And he realizes that that voice, that was the first time that he heard the Great One of a Thousand Branches. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's great um what does thurbash do when he wakes up uh he'll kind of slowly perk up
1: open his eyes um is he the only one awake he looks around first to confirm that he is the only one awake
0: um around you you can see Alea stirring slightly and tedward is starfished with <laughs> The book just sitting on his face flapping a little bit like slapping his cheeks Mm -hmm.
1: and hayley is yeah
0: hayley's also unconscious as well and he's actually lying on the ground next to this dragon that you Mm -hmm. had to had subdued
1: um he's gonna look around to see if there's like because he has no idea how long he's been here He Mm -hmm. knows that he passed out, but he doesn't know what happened in the interim. Um, And he just kind of looks around and kind of like slumps on the ground, like sitting on the ground, just like, okay, what do I do now?
0: (laughs) Um, And as you say this out into the clearing, you hear your voice echo. And almost as if the forest responds, you feel a gentle breeze at your back. And you notice on the ground at your feet, is that blackened needle-like wooden blade? And when your attention is finally focused on it, you watch as it bursts a flame, or with that tealish-colored fire, and coalesces into your hand and vanishes. Now you got your packed weapon. Yeah.
1: That was great. Oh, my God. That was so great. I'm glad you loved it. <laughs> that was awesome. That's not where I thought you were going to take it, but that was great. That was better mm. than what I
0: thought you were going to take it as. Awesome. I'm glad you loved it. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thanks for sticking around to the end, and I really hope you enjoyed the show. Anyway, spread the word, share the show, and have a wonderful weekend. I know it's the 4th. Oh, I'm recording this on the 4th, so hopefully you haven't gotten hurt with fireworks. I'll see you soon on July 19th when our next episode launches. Stay safe and see you soon.